Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, June the 26th, 2023. It is currently 528 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I I truly know where I'm coming to you live from. Yes, it is the Theology Central studio. Sometimes when I say Theology Central studio... I want, I want to say theological studio, but it's not the theological studio. It's the theology studio, right? It's the theology central studio. It's not the theological central studio. I don't know why I want to do that, but whenever I say theology central, sometimes I want to say theological. Who knows? Who knows? Do you know why? I don't know why. There's lots of things we don't know, but do you know this? Do you know? How many references there are to Satan and demons and the Pentateuch? Do you know right now, just the top of your head, how many references there are to Satan and demons and the Pentateuch? And the first five books of the Bible, how many references are there to Satan and demons? Go. How many? Whoever can get it right wins 300,000 nothings. Okay, no, all right. You you don't win anything, but do you know? Do you know how many times Satan and demons are referenced in the Pentateuch? The first five books of the Bible. Come on, how many? How many? Who? Someone says zero. Okay, that's a very good guess. That's a very zero is a very good guess. All right. So someone someone guessed zero. I'll see if anyone else has. Uh, I guess what some people are doing, they're looking it up right now, and then they're gonna they're gonna wait. They're gonna look it up. Then they're gonna post their answer. See, other people are trying to look really smart right now because they're, they're googling it. But see, we don't we don't we won't we we can't trust them. We can't trust them. All right. The person who answered first is the only trustworthy person. After that, it gets really questionable. And then yeah, you you don't really you don't really know what to make of those who come. I'm joking with everyone. But I'm asking that question because I w- I came up here in the studio to make sure I had the AC unit on because I'm like it's 747 degrees outside and all of my equipment will start melting inside the studio. So I walked up, turned on the air conditioning, and then I realized I having here on on the desk on the table here where I broadcast from the book 
spiritual warfare and the storyline of scripture, a biblical, theological, and practical approach was laying here on the table. And of course, anytime I see a book, doesn't matter if I've read it, doesn't, I always pick it up and at least start looking through it. So I, I, I came to page eight in the book. Again, the name of the book, Spiritual Warfare and the Storyline of Scripture, a Biblical, Theological, and Practical Approach. And I, and it was, and I just, it kind of was laying open on the table. So I picked it up and it was on page eight. Page eight, the section is entitled The Pentateuch. All right, so far, so good. And then it has this paragraph. Satan is not mentioned by name in the Pentateuch. In the Pentateuch. In addition, demons are specifically mentioned in only one passage. Satan is not mentioned by name in the Pentateuch. In addition, demons are specifically mentioned in only one passage. Does anyone know where the one passage in the Pentateuch where demons are mentioned? Does anyone know where that is? I'm, I'm giving you a chance. You can just guess. Someone's going to Google it and, and see that's bad. No Googling, okay? No asking anyone, okay? No matter if they're AI or not, don't ask anyone. Let me read this paragraph again, right? Satan is not mentioned by name in the Pentateuch. In addition, demons are, are specifically mentioned in only one passage. From a canonical perspective, it seems evident that the devil is to be associated with the serpent in Genesis 3, which most people agree. There are those out there who don't, but most say, that, I mean, that's the only way to understand it. When you look at it from a canonical perspective, in other words, when you take the whole canon into consideration, you take the whole Bible, it seems to make sense. It is possible, and possible is, you know, how many people agree with this? We, we could spark an entire, you know, year of debate. It is possible that the sons of God in Genesis 6 should be understood as fallen angels. These are two of the three passages in the Pentateuch that receive attention, or that receive attention. Um, so we're not going to look at Genesis uh, three, where we have the fall and, and the serpent and some believe, okay, that Satan is involved there. Obviously, some don't. We, we could have that discussion. I do believe if you take the whole Bible into context, you would have to say Satan is, is involved in that situation. So there's Genesis three. Genesis six, they have a discussion here. We could spend hours looking at that and, and discussing it. So I'm going to, they, and they dedicate a half a page, you see. So one and a half, two, Three about three and a half pages to uh, Genesis chapter six. About three and a half pages to Genesis chapter six, maybe four. Then you turn to page seventeen, and then the heading is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the last of the five books of Moses. Contains the only explicit reference to demons and the Pentateuch. As such, it merits a brief consideration. So for your consideration, this Monday afternoon going into Monday evening, I want you to spend some time in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and we're going to look at verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 17. Deuteronomy 32, 17. Now, it's interesting from, say, a hermeneutical perspective, right? Right? I want you to think about this, okay? 
And just just pretend. I know it's hard for you to do this, but just pretend you've never read the Bible. You you don't even know what it is. You you have no clue what it is. You have no previous knowledge. It's a, it's like a going to the bookstore and buying a book, and you don't know anything about it. Right? The cover gives you no details. There's no description on the back. The title doesn't even give you any details. You don't know anything, and you just start reading. So imagine that you've read all of Genesis all of Exodus, all of Leviticus, all of Numbers, and now you're in the book of Deuteronomy. You've read 31 chapters. Now, at that point, if I was to stop you and say, tell me about Satan, you would be like, who? Who's Satan? Right? You, you don't know who Satan is. Hey, well, tell me about demons. You, you don't know what a demon is. Tell, tell me about the devil. Like, like, you don't really have any knowledge of any of this. So this verse... From that perspective, it's fascinating to me because we're in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 17, and we read this. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. And you're like, well, wait a minute. How, how, would, how would a reader understand this? Like if you're just reading this for the first time, they sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods, they came newly up whom your fathers feared not. I'm going to read that again. Deuteronomy 32, 17. It's a fascinating verse to me. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Now, if we look at it from a different translation, I'm looking around trying to find my Bible. It's down here. I'm going to grab a different translation. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32, verse 17. Deuteronomy 32, 17. And we're going to look at it. Okay, here we go. Deuteronomy 32, 17. They sacrifice to demons, not God, to gods they had not known, new gods that had just arrived, whom your fathers did not fear. They sacrificed to demons. They sacrifice to demons. So for your consideration, I want you first to figure out who are the they and when did they do this? Did they do this previous to Deuteronomy 32 or is Deuteronomy 32 telling them what they're going to do in the future? Is it referring to something past or is it referring to something future? And if it was referring to something future, the people hearing this at this time, would they have any understanding of what's going on? Would they even know what it means? So let's, I think it would be interesting. Let's just look up in the Blue Letter Bible app. What is the Hebrew? What's going on in the Hebrew here? Deuteronomy 32. We go down to verse 17. It says they, 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 well, yeah, there's a lot here. I don't want to give away too much. I want you to do a little bit of work on this. Deuteronomy 32, verse 17 says they sacrificed unto devils. I'm going to go to the interlinear. They sacrificed unto devils. The Hebrew here is unto devils, and it's this Hebrew word. This Hebrew word. Are you ready? Strong's H, 7700. Shade. 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 They unto shade. Now, if it's used two times, right? It's used two times. Uh, shade. 
means a malignant or devil, a demon. As malignant, it's a demon or a devil. It's devil translated two times. Um, it, it's outline of biblical usage is demon. Um, the, the Browns di- driver Briggs lexicon says apparently demon. All right. Um, they they kind of offer a little bit more information. And then the places that it's used, it's used in two places. Deuteronomy 32, 17, obviously. They sacrificed unto devils. Psalm 106, 37. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. So you have two places where this occurs. So what I want you to do is figure out who's being spoken of here. Who is the one in Deuteronomy 32, 17? I'll read it from the King James one more time. They sacrificed unto devils. Who? Identify the they. Identify is this something they had previously done or something they're doing or something. Is it past, present, future? If it's past, do we have any record of when they did it? If it's present, do we have a record of what they were doing? If it's future, do we have a record of that future situation where they sacrificed unto devils? Right? Just, I'm just, I'm going to at least get you to at least consider it. It seems obvious, but at least consider it. And then I want you to consider this. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God. And what way, and what way could this apply to you and me in 2023? And what way could it apply to us in 2023? I really want you to think about that. Who is the they, right? And this is this past, present, future. And then how can you and I sacrifice or offer something up into, unto devils? How would this apply to us? Clearly, if they are, uh, they sacrifice unto devil, devils, this would be them actually engaging in some type of offering up a sacrifice, but doing it to a false god. Right? So would how could this apply to us in any meaningful way? Now, the book that I referenced states this. It's not a very long paragraph. Again, this is the book, Spiritual Warfare and the Storyline of Scripture. It states this. This verse gives the theological background to the role of demons and false religions. The verse reads, they sacrificed to demons, not God, to gods they had not known, new gods that had just arrived, which your fathers did not fear. And it's weird that they, it, it seems like it's referring something to the past, but let, let's see what it, it does here. They offer this context. In verses 15 through 18, Moses sees a time in the future when Israel will rebel against God breaking her covenant with God. They will become infatuated with all the blessings of the promised land and attribute their prosperity to foreign gods, thereby abandoning the Lord who is one. They will provoke God to jealousy and offer sacrifices to demons and other false gods. Now, this is saying this is something that this is seeing what they're going to do in the future. See why I asked you to verify if it's past, present, or future? All right? This is wording it as it's in the future. Let me read it again. In verses 15 through 18 of Deuteronomy 32, Moses sees a time in the future when Israel will rebel against God, breaking her covenant with God. 
They will become infatuated with all the blessings of the promised land and attribute their prosperity to foreign gods, thereby abandoning the Lord who is one. Deuteronomy 6, 4. They will provoke God to jealousy and offer sacrifices to demons and other false gods. The mention of demons provide theological insight that behind pagan gods and false religions are demons. Satan uses demons to propagate false worship and idolatry from the one true God. Now, do you believe Deuteronomy 32, 17 is theologically saying, hey, any false God, any false religion, there is a demon behind it. And if so, how does that then apply to you? Does it only apply to a, a specific religion or is it, does, is there a demon behind every idol? Like the, we could, you could, you could go lots of different directions with this. The, the two passages from Psalms make a similar point. And Psalm 95 3, the psalmist writes, For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Israel's God had no rivals, and all other gods are so called gods. That is, demons masquerading as deity. A similar statement is made in Psalm 106, 36 through 37. They serve their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrifice their sons and daughters to demons. Then the last little sentence here is this. Behind the idols to which they sacrificed their children were demonic spirits. One can only imagine the joy the demons experienced as they led people to murder their own children in the name of a God that did not exist. Now, I want you to consider those things in Deuteronomy 32, 17 that I've given you to work on, right? Who are the they? Is it past, present, or future? And do we have a record of it happening? How does this apply to us? How does it apply to us? Because it raises some theological issues. So we typically, just think about this, we typically contrast idolatry of that time to us, something becoming an idol to us. It can be our family. It can be our career. It can be our looks. It could be money. And that becomes our idol. Well, be, behind, behind anything that becomes an idol, do we say there's a demon behind that or is that going too far? Or do we simply say behind every false religion is a demon? Now, does that apply to every false doctrine or only to false religions? How far do you take this? I want you to spend a little time tonight in Deuteronomy 32, 17. I want you to think about it. I want you to focus on it. I want you, I, I probably should have done this for a today's focus broadcast, but I, I really want you to, uh, to just consider it and just spend some time with it. Um, yeah, see, um, someone, someone just asked, could it be some Christian, uh, religions too? Yeah, I think that, like, that's where you kind of get into, okay, so, that denomination believes these three things, and those are completely false. Is those false doctrines? Like, I mean, there's a part of me, I, I hate to say this, there's a part of me that, you know, sometimes when I see craziness that happens in the charismatic world, I'm like, that's demonic, okay? But I try to be careful not to say that 
because you, but I, Deuteronomy 32, 17, one, it's just bizarre to me. Like the first time demons or devils are mentioned, it's just so like, where did that come from? Like, where did that come from? Or is it just a, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you can go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try to give away too much, but I want you to think about that. Deuteronomy 32, 17, they, who are the they, sacrificed unto devils. Is this past? When, when Moses writes this, is, was it something that had happened in the past? If so, where? Was it something happening in the present? Do we have a record of it? Or is it something that was going to happen in the future? And do we have a reference in scripture that identifies where it happened in the future? All right. They sacrificed unto devils, not to gods, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not. Now, we could do some things on feared not, but we won't get into that. So who are the they when, it, when this is making a reference to them doing this past, present or future? And then how does this apply to you in, in 2023? What do you do with Deuteronomy 32, 17 and correctly apply it so that you don't rip this out of context? But what theological foundation is it laying for our understanding of demons and their activity? And do you not find it weird that this is where it kind of just shows up? I'd love to get your thoughts. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I'll definitely be trying to check my email throughout the evening. Maybe we'll talk about it more. But once again, the book that I took that from is called Spiritual Warfare and the Storyline of Scripture, a Biblical, Theological, and Practical Approach. I still have not read a lot of this book, but I'm still just working on it little by little. And uh, whenever I find something interesting, I like to share it with you. I'm not by no means saying this is a good book or even a bad book yet because I haven't got enough into it to know. I know nothing about it. It was one of those things where Amazon was like, hey, you should get this book and we'll give it to you for a big discount. And I'm like, I can't say no. All right. So there we have it. All right. Come on. What are you doing? Go, 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 go study. All right. Email me newsif at yahoo.com. Deuteronomy 3217. Spend a little time in it tonight. And hey, if you got the Sermons 2.0 app, look how many sermons have been preached on Deuteronomy 32.17. And if you find a good one, let me know what you find. All right, everyone have a good night. God bless.